Hi, welcome to How to Be a Human Leader Without Losing Your Job. In this podcast, we dive into professional leadership in today's fast-paced business environment. With our experience and insights, we'll help you lead with heart while securing your career. Join us for engaging conversations and practical advice to elevate your leadership skills and make a real difference. I'm your host, Roberto Torres, a seasoned startup engineering leader, alongside Chris Ollerkin, a Fortune 100 IT leader. Today, we're discussing what is the best way to interview someone from another generation without bias. Hey, Chris, how are you, man? Good morning, Roberto. Yeah, this will be an interesting topic. Uh, certainly, even you and I are in a slightly different generations, so we, we may even have bias talking to each other. Well, actually, we're almost contemporary because only a few years it's what well, separate us. But um, since we are in, in the 50s and uh, today's workforce is, uh, I don't know, uh, above 22, 25 years old, how do, how do you feel maybe um, or has your, in your experience, have you done uh, interviewing a candidate? Uh, what have you done, a, a younger candidate, and what have you done to avoid uh, bias? Yeah, certainly I can uh, start by addressing just bias in general. You know, I mean, bias from an age perspective is a big thing currently, of course, and then there's all the other different biases you can bring to the table. But one of the key things that we were actually required to do, HR actually made this requirement, is you had to write down and document all of your questions that you were going to ask in the interview ahead of time. Now, of course, follow-up questions, you couldn't pre-figure uh, out what you were going to ask somebody. But, but you know, the primary questions you're going to ask somebody, we had to write out and document and to make sure we were unbiased, we had to ask those exact same questions to every single candidate we interviewed. Now, that that's kind of helps you level everything so that every candidate is answering, uh, in general, the same, same questions. But after that, I'd say that the next, next best thing that you can do is just try and really listen objectively, almost with your eyes closed. In other words, uh, don't look don't look at the person, meaning uh, looking at them, I'm assessing whether they're younger than me, way younger than me, super younger than me, uh, uh, <laughs> or perhaps in a few rare cases, they could be older than me, but that would be pretty rare at, at this stage in my career. Yeah, I understand that. It was pretty nice that you had all the other questions before uh, doing the interview. And one thing that I think uh, that you must uh, or anybody must avoid when in our case uh, interviewing someone which is younger is to avoid thinking oh, this guy or this lady to be my my son or my daughter because maybe it is in the age. No, I think uh, that you must take away that age factor in order for you to maybe uh doing uh an interview a proper interview but when i say maybe it is to learn something from this person that you haven't know because 
age doesn't provide all the wisdom, doesn't provide all the information. Not not because we have, uh, we are above 50 years old, doesn't mean that we have all the data, everything. We can learn many stuff from, from the interviews. Okay, so uh, in this case, I concur with you. Uh, what I usually done is, I usually ask the foundation of uh, of the same questions to a candidate, but depending on, on the answer to something of the of the candidate, uh, maybe the work I would uh, add some new ones, or maybe I'll delete someone that I have done previously. But what about let, let's put for for instance that we are not about fifty years old, that we are maybe thirty. Uh, interviewing the opposite, maybe interviewing someone, <clears throat> excuse me, our age, maybe uh, it, a 30 guy, 30 year old guy, interviewing someone who is above 50 years old. Uh, what do you think uh, could be the best uh, pointers for this person to interview someone which is uh, older generations without being biased, to be totally unbiased? Yeah, certainly it's again, and I think uh, embracing that you probably have biases is going to be key in that situation, right? So uh, just like you mentioned, not interviewing them and thinking about the younger candidate being your son, don't interview the candidate thinking they're your dad and that they they don't know new technology because they're they're old. I think in IT, it can really level the playing field. You know, let, let's let's use AI as the example. How many people have 30 years of experience in AI? Uh, no, next to nobody, although there were some very crude AI things in the 90s. In general, unless you were doing your PhD dissertation, you probably did not get exposed to any type of AI until fairly recently, and for many of us, just within the last few months. So I think when you're interviewing someone older, you know, try and put the context of their answers into the what is the current technology that you're working on and, and what technical things are you trying to solve? This uh, older candidate may have the exact same uh, level of experience with the new technology, in this case, let's say AI. So they've worked in it, a, in it for a year. Well, so does the candidate who's 30 years old. Make sure you're listening to their answers and saying, how is it relevant what this older person is saying about what they learned about AI? And they may have a slight twist in their answer because they've had some experience with many, many new technologies versus let's say a candidate who's 25 or 30 years old, he's only he or she has only experienced a few new technologies. Those of us in our 50s, you know, we went through dealing with mainframes to this thing called a PC, then a PC that could be networked. And then there was this thing called the internet. And then the internet had this thing called email and web browsing. And, you know, so sometimes uh, the experience of embracing new technologies and deploying it is the key, you know, the key understanding that you want your candidates to have. And perhaps in this case, an older person may have deployed a lot of the newer uh, technologies as they became new and now are old and legacy technologies. But AI, I think, is going to go through that same kind of experience and it might benefit your team. Sure, have a few people that are 30, 
few people that are 40, few people that are 50, and a few people that are 60. And I think when you when you interview those candidates, consider their answers and say, how do they approach the problem and how do they answer you? And how is that going to help you adopt, you know, the technology that you're trying to implement, you know, uh, that this open position is going to attack, you know, attack. Yeah, yes. And, and one thing that you nailed it was take away uh, the ageism. Uh, try not to think about the age, but just it, it is true. If I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm interviewing this this person who could be my dad, and from there it, it's going to be totally mayhem. And one thing to understand is that uh, depending on the generations, you could either have born into the digital uh, trendy world. You know, uh, like my son, who I could say that he almost uh, was born into all these mobile devices, all this tech and everything regarding, as, as you mentioned, uh, not, not regarding, uh, versus ours, which we had to dive into. We saw everything who was uh, created from scratch and everything. So. If people to take away that, you to be open to to many things. Let's say, for example, you, you mentioned AI, and I, and I was thinking about ChatGPT, which was born last year on the, the last week of November was born ChatGPT, and I knew it from uh, one week later, which was the first week of December, and since then I've been using it heavily. Uh, so maybe the the thing is. When you're talking about maybe uh, the same knowledge, try to open your mind. Maybe you will find your um, you will you will learn more stuff if your perspective is open. It is wide, rather than being as we spoke in an early podcast to have blinders and only see what you want to see. If you have this, it's going to be an interview which is going to be real unbiased. And one thing also it is that people still learn no matter what age they are in. Let me say, for example, I got into this bootcamp right now, which I'm learning to code in JavaScript, which is something that I knew but barely scratch it. I didn't code it and I'm really uh, learning and enjoying, and I, at the end of bootcamp, I will be a pretty good uh, engineer. I don't know, maybe I won't be a senior engineer, but th that doesn't stop me, because in the end, I want something to add to my, not to my resume, but to add to myself, to uh, challenge myself, even though I'm 53. It doesn't matter if uh, what age you are. And let me tell you, in, in this bootcamp, in the generation I'm in, in the group that I'm in, there are people who are maybe three below 20 years old, maybe 17, 18 years old. It is it is myself, which I'm 53. And there is a guy in uh, 50 years old, 46, another with 40, and guys between in the mid thirties. So and so, I think 
if you have perseverance, if you have uh, willingness and you have you to do practice, you can learn anything regardless of the age. So when you interview someone, try to learn what you can, what the most of this person and the interview will be really, really fun. One thing is you might not uh, hire this person, but if you to learn something from this person and this person from you, the interview will rock. Absolutely. You can always learn something by doing the interview, even if you don't end up hiring the younger, middle-aged or older candidate, whichever one, you know, all the different pool of people that you, you talk to, you're definitely going to learn some things. And I, you know, when I personally interview people, I am always looking for that continuous improvement on self, meaning and that doesn't necessarily mean that the you're you're doing this training on your on your own per se. Sometimes that's training the company sponsors you to go to. Um, but I'm always looking for the candidates that want to continue to learn because in IT, you know, using my series of examples of new technologies, it's always new technologies in IT. I've been in it 30, 40, 40 years. Everything that I learned you know, at the beginning of my career has been replaced multiple times over. And so if if you're not a continuous learner, IT is not going to be necessarily a great uh, job for you. Now, there's many other people that may be listening and watching where they're not in IT, but there's still evolutions in accounting and finance and other areas uh, of, of employment where continuous learning is still going to help you uh, approach different things because maybe, you know, let's use accounting as an example, you know, l regulations are going to change, the law is going to change how you have to treat different things. So what have you done to learn more? And when you're interviewing with someone, maybe you're interviewing with a, you're, you're the older person, so I'll pretend I'm interviewing with the younger manager, you know, I'd want to absolutely stress how much new learning I've done over the years of my career to help demonstrate that I'm a, I'm open to learning new things. I'm continuously trying to improve myself and, and learn the new things that are going on. And, and I think most managers are going to really favor that candidate. If they're truly listening and hearing you, they're going to favor that candidate. Uh, and, and the age bias then can be a much smaller factor. Yeah. And then one thing that, that you mentioned is, well, uh, even though we are in IT, let's for instance, maybe accounting. Uh, I, I, what I see is when you're in accounting, right now you're using a lot of computer uh, programs, either in web or desktop, whatever, with, with everything. But there, there won't be a, a people who might say, I only use pen and pen, no, excuse me, pencil and paper to the other they're cutting no okay dude you're way uh, <laughs> you know this is not the 50s uh, you're uh, you're in another era you must use computer uh, and is it is one thing to understand maybe uh, there is a younger manager which is interviewing an older guy and this guy might say or this lady might say okay I use this computer uh, program, but I also use ChatGPT. Why? Yeah. Because th there is a blend in information. 
I, I will do it because it will uh, it will analyze the data faster, better. It will see something that I might not have. Those kind of stuff, it's not related to a younger age. It is related to the people who is willing not only to learn, but to apply new technologies, new processes, who is willing to explore new stuff in order to be more effective, to be faster, have, you know, to make their life easier. Because if I go with this uh, example of someone who uses uh, pencil and paper, well, well, you cannot work in this digital company, but someone, regardless of the age, which is exploring new stuff, hey, you're learning something new. Maybe something new that you have it. And one thing that is really important is to take away your ego. Your ego in the interviews is going to make the interview go wrong. Take away your ego, put it away. Uh, that it, it goes uh, on a walk, no, excuse me, on a walk. Um, and, when, and when you do that, you're more open to discover new stuff, to be amazed. And when you do that, the interview could go really, really well. And it doesn't matter if you're the hiring manager or the interview. Uh, it, or the candidate, it to go both ways, and you're going to enjoy it a lot. Do you agree? Yeah. No, I com I completely agree. It's really listening to you know what is that answer telling you? Are you listening to that answer and really embracing the answer versus what you see on the screen? So again, I get mentioned before. You know, you're almost like closing your eyes. You shouldn't be looking at does the person have gray hair or purple hair. It shouldn't matter. Right. It's the quality of the answer. Do your active listening. Uh, and, and again, you may be somewhat biased. You know, when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of purple hair. So I need to uh, you know, embrace the fact that I may be coming into this interview with bias against people with purple hair. Well, then I need to be really intently listening to the answers that a purple haired person tells me so that I can objectively evaluate that answer. So when I'm scoring all my candidates and trying to figure out who do we need to make the answer to, I'm objectively listening to that answer from the purple-haired purpose person and you know, giving them uh, a fair opportunity to get the job. And again, for you know, for me personally, uh, you know, if if all the candidates are equal, and one of them's the, a very active new learner. They're learning new things in the industry that I'm interviewing for, and they also like to learn on the outside. Maybe through the discussion, I've learned that they picked up a new hobby and they're learning how to play guitar. They're learning how to play pickleball. They're learning whatever it is. They're learning something new inside, you know, in related to the career. They're also, you know, actively learning outside their career. Boy, I'm going to take that purple-haired person every time over all the rest if if they're an active learner. Yeah, yeah, indeed, and it, it is uh, it is an awesome example that you mentioned that the purple hair. But let's do the opposite. Maybe when you're a, a hiring manager, a younger hiring manager, and you interview someone older, and you arrive, well, the, it is a remote uh, interview. And you're in a, in a t-shirt, and maybe the older guy 
it is in a, maybe in a suit, maybe with a tie, maybe even though with a, um, how can I say, with a, with a shirt, with a, a formal shirt. And you say, my dad, what is wrong with this guy? Or could be at the opposite. No, you are the one which is formal, maybe casual. And you see this guy in a t-shirt. Uh, what is wrong with this person? So uh, take away that. Take away how could you be uh, worn out, uh, how, uh, dressed out, excuse me. How could you be, uh, I don't know, something related to your generation. And here, everything, as you mentioned, Chris, active listening uh, would be the uh, the best way to do it. Yeah, com completely agree. And and again, embrace the fact that you may be being biased. As the person you're, you're doing the interview, just embrace the fact that, hey, you know what? Maybe I have some bias. So be, you know, extra thoughtful in, in how you're listening and how you're, you know, evaluating those things. Because I think that's, if if you're going into interviews, either side, whether you're the person applying for the job or you're the person asking the questions of the candidates. If you're going into that and saying, I have no biases, I'm totally fair to everyone, then you're probably not being honest to yourself. You're gonna have some level of bias no matter what. Everybody has it, right? Yeah. I have a, I personally, because I went to a lot of school, a lot of college and degrees, I admit I am a little bit biased against those who don't have degrees. However, through experience, I have learned that there are many, many people in IT that don't have degrees that are way better at the technical aspects of IT than I am. Absolutely true. And if I'm yeah. hiring for a role that doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, doesn't require a college degree, I need to, you know, set that bias aside and say, look, I am hiring for these technical skills to accomplish something. You know what? And if they've got a master's in a fancy engineering school, but this other candidate has more experience with the technology, then they just have, I don't know, high school degree, but they've got a lot of experience and they answered my technical questions better than the guy with the master's degree, then the person that answered those technical questions gets more points. And they end up, you know, winning over all the other candidates. That's embracing your bias and saying, look, I know I've got a bit of a bias about that. I'm proud of my school accomplishments. So I have a tendency to lean towards people with more education. So, okay, admit it. I've got a bit of a bias there. What do I need to do to make extra sure I don't apply any of those biases in, in the interview? And that's really by listening to those, uh, you know, answers and ensuring that I'm being fair. And I, I, and I can do that. I, I, maybe when I was early manager, when I was 24, maybe I couldn't do that as well as I could do it now, but embrace the fact you may have some biases and, and what are you doing about proactively countering those potential biases? Yeah, I understand. Uh, I do also have a bias. And, uh, and since uh, we're going to do the wrap up, but before that, let me tell you, today is the NFL draft. I wrote for the Steelers and I remember well when I interviewed this lady who was a Ravens fan. That was, and I had a bias about at the other time. I, only for that, she was <laughs> amazing that I did. 
Okay, so uh, let's do the wrap up. Thank you very much. And um, thanks for joining us on another episode of How to Be a Human Leader Without Losing Your Job. We hope our insights help you become a smarter and more strategic leader. Apply today's lessons to the positive impact of your team and career. Catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, uh, Anchor, and YouTube. Join us next week as we discuss something trendy in the leadership world. Until then, stay humane and stay successful. Bye-bye, Chris. Yeah, take, take care, Roberto. You too, bye.